0: Welcome back to the Art Bystander. My name is Roland Philipp Kretschmar, and I'm very excited to have with me today Pierre de Lund, who is a very experienced art dealer, curator and gallerist uh, that has worked a long time in the art scene, establishing his own gallery in Oslo uh, in 2009. And uh, since then, has really, really positioned uh, Oslo, I would say, globally as an important city of art. Um, he has mm. exhibited many um, impressive and important artists: Louise Bourgeois, uh, Wolfgang Tillmans, uh, Ronnie Horn, Ed uh, Ruscha, Catherine Opie, Paul McCarthy. You know, the list is long, and we can go on. But I'm very excited to have. Peter with me today we met in uh, uh, Copenhagen a couple of months ago during short we were both in a panel discussion and i, I was very impressed not only by his uh, resume as a dealer and curator but also on his, with his opinions about art um so peter with that said welcome to the podcast
1: thank you very much very happy to have been invited and to be here with you so As a starting point, Peter,
0: I think the the listeners understand that I'm impressed by your resume. But if you would kind of uh, yourself summarize in short um, your background in the art industry, where would you start?
1: Well, I started studying art history, but that was short lived as I started working immediately. So um, I started as an assistant and curatorial assistant for the Norwegian art painter Jens Johannessen, who was the first artist to have a one-man retrospective at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Oslo. This was back in uh, the beginning of the 90s. And um, as I finished... Uh, that work. I was invited to um, apply for a job as a curator for the Norwegian industrial company Norsk Hydro, which is now Hydro, and they had a hundred-year-old collection. Um, they only collected Norwegian artists. So uh, at the same time, I was working as a as a private dealer for a few. Norwegian collectors and I started traveling to the US beginning of the 90s, probably the first trip in 1990. And I immediately uh, went to see the, you know, the main museums, collections and looked at all my heroes, artists. And uh, started placing them in uh, Scandinavian collections. So I worked a long time as a private dealer. I also did curatorial work with uh, institutions, making co curated a few collections, both of exhibitions, both in. Uh, abroad in China but also worked with uh, the National Museum of Contemporary Art, the Unstad collection. Um, I also worked a little bit with uh, Mr. Astrup, Hans Rasmus Astrup, who was a uh, friend uh, from the mid-90s until his passing a couple of years ago. So I did many things at the same time, but if you want to be busy, you have to do lots of different things um and then eventually i wanted to have a a larger dialogue with 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 the public so i decided to open my gallery uh knowing that i would be able to uh show all the artists i'd been working with over the years so that was sort of to put it short.
0: Thank you for sharing that, Peter. Maybe as a follow-up to that, and be, being based in Oslo, I'm based in Stockholm. Um, this podcast is quite a lot about the Scandinavian art scene. Uh, what would you say is the difference between running a gallery in Oslo and uh, in Stockholm, for example, or in Copenhagen?
1: Well, I think that uh, both Stockholm, uh, Copenhagen and Oslo are quite uh, comparable. Although Stockholm, of course, has a much longer history with great collectors and uh, obviously having Moderna Museet in your city has given a lot more focus on Stockholm rather than Oslo. The same being the case with great collectors in Denmark and also especially the Louisiana Museum. Um, we haven't had anything comparable in Oslo. I mean, we had the Henny Unstad that was very active in the 70s uh, into the 80s. And then, of course, we had the Osterpfermle Museum starting uh, in the 90s. But Oslo has always been a few steps behind. Stockholm and Copenhagen are much more... I would say continental uh cities, and Oslo was always lagging a little bit behind. And this is what initially gave me the idea and the the interest in doing an international program in Oslo because he was missing. Mm-hmm. It didn't really it didn't really exist. I mean, of course, we had uh Gallery who you know, showed Picasso and Aram Formel from from France in the sixties. Did Cobra shows, and then we had Galeries uh, that came about in the eighties, showing uh, quite a few astonishing uh, international artists. But it was really missing uh, on the on the Oslo. Uh, art scene Mm. so my intention was rather than working with local artists and bring them out internationally I wanted to have great uh, artists uh, come to Oslo so Mm -hmm. that was the that was the initial idea it was of course uh, a great pleasure because we do have I would say, and even in the nineties, we had quite a big public of art lovers uh, from all sections of society. Even though we didn't have many great collectors, you know, there was always a big public wanting to um, to have an exchange with these artists, and um, you know, having lots of uh, interest and positive feedback makes every day a pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the difference. I mean, Stockholm and, and Copenhagen was always well in front. This has somewhat levelled over the last few years because um, we have more collectors, private institutions. We are part of uh, a country with uh, uh, unimaginable wealth and some of it has gone towards new institutions programming etc so i think we are now equal neighbors in terms of um, what's being offered
0: yeah and and my reflection a little bit as a bystander then to the art industry is that maybe norway is even surpassing sweden now in terms of um, being at the forefront of collecting given the wealth that you mentioned, um, because obviously building great collections—well, um, you don't always need great wealth, but it helps. What would you say well, is if, that- if, if you have
1: extremely deep pockets and a very bright mind? You know, you're you're well on your way. <laughs> yes, and uh, my my experience with um, and
0: a, a new generation of Norwegians is that they have <laughs> great minds and great wealth. So what would you say is then uh, what makes a, a, a contemporary Norwegian uh, art collector uh, stand out? In you know, is there a difference in terms of what they are interested in and not comparable only to the Scandinavian art scene, but globally?
1: Um, I think one thing that we are still missing, if I start at the other end of your question, mm-hmm. uh, the opposite, what you do have in uh, cities with a longer history of, of galleries and art collecting, you know, you have a lot of specialized collectors who uh, focus on a certain period, on a certain group of artists, and they collect in depth. And we haven't had that much in Norway, of course, with the um, exception of arling Nebi, who has made most incredible collection so the collectors that have uh, come in the in the last couple of decades are collectors who collect uh quite wide but who are focused on high quality and uh artists that have been missing in Norway, so we have we have very personal collections where um, the collection is in dialogue with the individual who makes them, mm-hmm. who reflect political views, uh, personal interests, rather than focusing on typical. Uh, parts of uh, of uh, art history. Would
0: you say that um, a collector in Norway is a bit more long-term then in terms of building and maintaining the collection over time given that there is maybe not as much pressure to <laughs> change, to sell, uh, flip, etc.?
1: Long, long-term is uh, something that has uh, sadly over the last few years, uh, disappeared more and more mm. from, uh, from uh, the art industry and collecting. However, the collectors we work with are, in many cases, or have become during our relationship, generational collectors, who are people who collect as something that gives a bit extra to their lives and who are not buying for any financial reason Mm. but are buying to build the presence of great artists in our society. Uh, They're all very generous in terms of lending so their collections are always available to institutions for shows, for deposits, for whatever but uh, Uh, I've made it a big point not to work with anyone who are financially focused rather than Mm -hmm. being interested in, well, the voice in society which art really is. To have the opportunity, the, the great pleasure of seeing how artists talk about the current situation in our society, is is one of the extremely important parts of uh, of the social the social fabric, I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is something that um, we touched upon when we met at Chart in the panel discussion. We discussed the role of art in democracy, in society, and since then, since we met uh, end of August, there is a new conflict emerging in the Middle East and the world seems to be even more um unstable and uh just this past week i was actually at a gallery dinner and um, we discussed again the role of art and how important it is for artists to to maintain in- integrity and to be at the forefront and to pursue art and the role of galleries and art dealers is even more important now to really a- also be um Yeah, be be at the forefront of democracy. And and you touched on this subject when we met. Um, Do you want to share a bit to our listeners your view on this, the role of art in society?
1: Well, I I think it goes, obviously, one aspect is uh, showing the political uh, views of the artists and thereby something that we take for granted or as a given that society uh, should embrace everyone as i said it's a given uh, so the political view of the artist is is extremely important in 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 uh, the discussion in society however it's also when something is is uh, brutal and done with with great force to to underline a certain political fact or view uh, that's one thing and extremely important however i always also embrace uh, the experience of art that releases you from daily mm-hmm. worries yes. and problems and i was thinking this morning about um lots of discussions i had uh, conversations with the uh, Robert Irvin and Bob sadly passed away yesterday. Yes, And um, so that mm, made me think about those conversations and the idea of being a human being and having an art experience that gives you all the reflection and all the ideas that come to you from um well it's phenomenology that you you're you're part of the artwork but in his case uh you know he worked with uh light and mm-hmm. just the joy of discussing the differences in color in air mm-hmm. how you can experience uh, a situation just from Uh, light omitted, either it's uh, if it's a natural light or if it's um, a human-made light uh, that puts you into a different situation, into a different sphere and you have a moment to yourself as a human being experiencing things that are not necessarily uh, focusing on conflict tragedy mm-hmm. war it actually gives uh, it gives you uh, a contemplative moment where you can recharge and uh, take a moment away from everything so you have the you have the full range from full frontal aggression towards parts of society that are not just and then you have, Uh, a personal place where you can immerse yourself in an experience that releases you from the same grievances. Mm. Uh, Thanks for sharing that
0: scale also to the listeners. I think that's important. it's, it's easy to get, let's say, um, uh, in, in brackets, stuck in the political part of the art. Um, but as you say also, there is uh, the pure joy of experiencing art or the contemplative element of, of experiencing art. And that's equally important or maybe even more important in, in times of crisis. Looking at, at the program of, of your gallery now, then um, you're, we're soon closing 2023. Uh, What's ahead of you uh, for the remaining part of the year and 24? Any highlights that you want to bring up?
1: Yeah, we just opened a fantastic show with uh, postcard collages by Ellsworth Kelly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've shown him once before. I had a friendship with Ellsworth uh, the last 10 years of his life and was fortunate enough to to spend some time with him. Um, So that's a highlight. Uh, All the works come directly from a museum show of his postcard collages in in New York. Um, So it's a pleasure to to have them here. Um, Our next show opens in January and consists of new works by Catherine Opie mm-hmm. and Kathy um, had a, uh, a three-month artist uh, residency at the American uh, Academy in Rome and she decided I mean talking about being political and uh, letting everyone know exactly what she's working uh, for and what she's commenting on she decided to photograph uh, the Vatican. Mm -hmm. And the series consists of uh, images. She photographed uh, artworks from the art collection of the Vatican, all of them containing blood, obviously sculpture, painting, uh, tapestries, but of course commenting on... Uh, religion's role in society when it comes to conflict, when it comes to uh, suppression. So she's also made images of windows in the Vatican, just to give an idea that Mm -hmm. uh, to have an open window and to have a long view is uh, of great importance for humanity. At the same time, she's also photographed the large stone walls surrounding the Vatican. So Mm. she's made a clear comment on, uh, obviously, not only the Vatican's position in in religion in the world, but uh, religion as a whole. That will be, uh, I think that will be quite an incredible exhibition. Mm. And then, yeah, then we're... following with uh, a show with new works by Ida Ekblad. It's a joy and pleasure working with her. I said that I wanted to bring international art (laughs) back to Oslo. And even with Ida, I think that's the case because most of her career she's shown abroad and Mm -hmm. not in Norway. And she's maybe the Norwegian artist who has been embraced by most international uh, institutions and collectors. So that would be a great pleasure. And then uh, I have a show with new paintings by Terry Winters. And then at the end of the year, I'm showing also new works by New York based American artist, Diamond Stingley, Mm. uh, who is a fantastic young American artists so that's what we have uh, programmed and then there are lots of other projects Mm -hmm. being worked on. Out of curiosity um, and thanks
0: for sharing the the, the program for the next couple of months at least um, but out of curiosity when you mentioned Ida who is a fantastic artist and I appreciate it as you say globally um, but you're not working with her kind of representing her as a gallerist or, i mean supporting her or what is because i'm i'm kind of struggling i'm I'm totally honest here Peter. i'm kind of struggling to understand um, if if you're more of a kind of dealer ship platform or or more of a gallerist uh, because sometimes the lines are a bit blurry
1: yeah no it, it's it's quite easy to explain with either i'm her primary gallery and yep. i represent her as the gallery fully and okay uh, here with her studio and her and us we work all together with her other galleries so mm-hmm. it's, um, it's it's a happy family okay uh, when it comes to all the other artists that uh, uh, I show it's always a personal friendship mm-hmm. it's always a direct dialogue uh, I mean all of them I walk in and out of the studio we spend a lot of time together throughout the year However, when you look at the names, obviously they have representation all around the world Mm -hmm. by large galleries and to be able to represent them in the normal gallery sense would be very difficult. I mean, I cannot expect to have a new show by Ed Rocher every year. I mean, Mm. I've had three shows, one with paintings, one with photography and one with a film, uh, which is in my private collection. So we just did it as a, as a project. Ed mm-hmm. loved it. So that was nice. But with all these artists, it's it's difficult to have a, an ongoing every two or three year relationship. Mm-hmm. However, we are in constant dialogue. And uh, when they have time, they usually say, so do you want to do another show? And I say yes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a different uh, way of running a gallery, but it's it's done in the exact same way as every other gallery. Mm. Okay, but well, that's clear. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Maybe kind of starting to close off this uh, short but sweet conversation. Um, if you look into uh, the art market the next, let's say, one, two years, maybe even three years, do you foresee any... Um, any specific trends or movements that will impact the,
1: I mean, what you work on? The output of artists is always uh, uh, in a flow. And uh, I mean, as we've talked about, they reflect society around them. The art market, I can only say that it's a bit boring. I mean, sometimes uh, financial... Uh, situations make uh, make it more affordable. Sometimes it's more expensive. Um, you know there are upbeat times and you know downward times. Um, I think that we've had a we've had an extremely strong period of representational painting. Uh, art uh, you know it's ebb and flow so I'm quite sure that to have a bit of conceptual art coming back into focus Mm -hmm. uh, and in what way
0: do you think it will come back into focus conceptual art
1: (laughs) well you know I'm sure we will have more film based uh, exhibitions uh, performance sound installation Mm -hmm. Uh, this is all of course linked to the economy and the cost of running a program however i think with the with the full-on focus on on painting for now the last three four years hopefully there will be room for a wider Mm. aspect of uh, of
0: art being made but then maybe also making it less commercial, in a way. I mean, it, it puts more, let's say, expectation on collectors or buyers of art to be, uh, let's say, intellectually connected to the art that they buy. Yeah, that, that, that would be a, a good thing, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so if, if we maybe do a slight pivot into your own collection, then uh, I understand that you have a very broad collection and uh, you have been collecting for many, many years. Do you yourself, let's say, deep dive uh, and make pivots into what you collect or mm, can you share something about your philosophy on collecting?
1: Yeah, there's, there's absolutely no philosophy. It's a it's a it's a physical and also a mental um, situation that arises when I mm. see something, and mm-hmm. you have a connection to to an artwork, and then I buy it. So it, as you say, it's a very broad collection. Um, obviously, I collect most of the artists I've uh, I've shown, and also many others. But it ranges from surrealist, uh, vintage photography, uh, also American um, mid-century, 60s and 70s uh, photography, um, Diana Arbus, Walker Evans, Lee Friedlander, uh, also Japanese photography, Mm. Um, Early drawings by de Kooning, women drawings by de Kooning, also by Louise Bourgeois, collect sculpture, large works on paper, Um, have quite a few works by Franz West, who was a very good friend, Uh, Isa Genskin, Howard Hodgkin, Ronnie Horn. Uh, yeah, so long list, uh, wide, <laughs> wide variety of, of artists. So, so uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward for the
0: Pia Museum then in the future, which is maybe yeah. actually um, a realistic, let's say, opportunity for you. I mean, given that you are in Norway, Norwegians and Danish uh, collectors seem to have uh, more appetite to building museums
1: <laughs> than the Swedish collectors. I will. I will never build a museum. <laughs> okay. But uh, well, never say never. Say never. God knows. But um, sometimes I donate works mm-hmm. uh, to different institutions, also internationally. But I think my collection will live uh, with me until the day I'm no longer. And then uh, I have. Three wonderful children, and mm-hmm. what they want to do with it is up to them. So, okay, you know, nothing is forever. That's correct. And I hope that um, you will also
0: share parts of your collecting a uh, collection uh, to the public uh, throughout the uh, these re- three coming years. Uh, but, Peter, listen, um, it was a pleasure uh, meeting you again, speaking to you. I mean, Peder Lund Gallery is, I would say, one of the most interesting galleries in Northern Europe. Uh, as a compliment, I, I'm saying that you are maybe the only blue ship gallerist in the Nordics. Uh, and I mean that as a compliment. Uh, depending on who, who you talk to, blue ship galleries can mean different things. Um, but uh, for any listener out there uh, visiting Oslo, you need to visit Peder Lund Gallery. Uh, that's that's a given. Um, What else should a visitor to Oslo uh, not miss if you could select, let's say, one or two tips here in, in short, Peter?
1: Well, it's very easy. It's the new Monk Museum, the new mm-hmm. National Museum, the Astrid Fearnley, And also the Stud has um, resurrected itself mostly by the wonderful job of Tula Hansen. Who is now the new director of the Munk Museum? So they have a, they have a fantastic um, exhibition program. And then obviously also Kistefos, Mr. Sveos's sculpture park and, uh, and um, museum north of Oslo.
0: That's great. Thank you, Peter Lund. This was the art bystander with me, Roland Philipp Klatschmar. And you can find this episode on all available podcast uh, platforms and also uh, through social media. Uh, Thank you so much, Peter. Well, thank you for having me.
1: Great pleasure.